Hey friends, Ashton Gustafson here. Welcome back to another episode of Good, True, and Beautiful. We're going to make this fast today. Is that alright with you? A couple days ago I was driving around town and um, I opened up notes in my iPhone and I wrote this phrase, Zen by Ten. Zen by Ten. Because I had this thought, you know, it was one of those moments, you ever heard of Satori? Satori is like this um, Japanese idea of uh, a flash of oneness. Uh, you, when you get it, eureka, a eureka moment. Um, and I was kind of just deep in it, you know, every once in a while on our good days, you just kind of have a moment where the wind is right, the sun is right. I'm not in yesterday. I'm not in tomorrow. I was right there. Uh, I was there. I was in that Zen state. And, uh, so I wrote Zen by 10. I was like, maybe I could share with the friends at the podcast, 10 little ditties, little bullet points, um, that I have found that have helped keep me on my good days, uh, <laughs> in that place of Zen. My first introduction to Zen. Some of us right now, you're hearing me use that word and you're going, I don't know, Ashton. I don't know about this redneck mysticism you're bringing today. Uh, that's okay. Um, for those of you that are really, really, really after um, getting deep into the vein on this study, Thomas Merton wrote a book called The Birds of Appetite. And uh, I, 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 I coupled that book, maybe I chased it, maybe I put them together, uh, with John Mayer's song, Vultures. And I never understood vultures until I read um, Thomas Merton's Zen and Birds of Appetite. Oh my goodness. Um, so if you, if you want to go down the road, if you want to take a walk, uh, may I invite you to get on Amazon, purchase Zen and Birds of Appetite, and after every chapter, listen to vultures. My oh my. Does Brother Merton and Brother Mayer have something to teach us? So that was my introduction to Zen, and I'm not a Zen expert, uh, but but I'll tell you this, I know it when I'm there. Uh, I couldn't write a dissertation on this for you. I probably couldn't even write a 500-word essay on what is Zen, um, but I think that's the juice of Zen. It, it, it's, it, we got to be careful that Zen is almost, um, it's borderline impossible to put your thumb on it. But when you're in it, you know you you know what it is. So it's not necessarily something that we can hold, not necessarily something that we can teach, not necessarily something um, that uh, we can plug into the spreadsheet or write the formula for. But it's a it's a way of being in the world. And it can't be measured. It doesn't fit on a scale. But in our best days, we are there. And I think all of us know that feeling. You know that feeling when just somehow, some way, you've dropped yesterday's shame, tomorrow's fear and concerns, and 
it's just right. Everything it's just, it's just right, right here, right now, and it's right. That to me is Zen. But read those books, listen to vultures, uh, and maybe that'll even be better than what I'm trying to do here. Zen by ten. Let's get it going. Ten little bullet points, little ditties on things that um and, and here's let me also have a little caveat to this conversation. Again, I'm no expert here. Um but I have I've found after the fact that when I've tried to reflect on times of like, hey, when was the when was the peace deep? When was the joy wide? When was the rest real? Um That'd be a good book, by the way. Deep Peace, Wide Joy, Real Rest. Someone needs to write that. Um, when when I reflect back on, yeah, I was I was in it today. Uh, these are just some random little things that have snuck up on me, and uh, maybe maybe they're helpful to you. Uh, some of these may be so far in left field. Um, forgive me, but. Uh, I they I I think they could be helpful, and if none of this is, hit fast forward and we'll see you next week. All right, here we go. Zen by ten. First one is this. It begins with gratitude. The degree to which I am in deep peace, wide joy, and real rest. Maybe maybe we're just writing the book right now. Uh, is contingent on my gratitude. And man, I've come on this cast every time, it feels like, uh, because it's the lesson I need to learn, is you got to start small in the gratitude. Uh, immediately, when you start a practice of daily reflection, you, you go roof, car, spouse, friends, and those are, those are the gifts of life. The, those are where the cup overflows. I am, I am by no means am I belittling um, those places and spaces in our lives. But it always, uh, the, the peace gets deeper and the joy gets wider for me the smaller I go. The smaller I go, the bigger my life. Um, and you guys have heard me before, like one time I was in speaking at a conference in Tennessee my cage got rattled a little bit. Don't know what it was. It's probably stuck in a fear of tomorrow. Um, and the only thing I knew to do in that moment before I went on stage, put the monkey suit on, uh, was get out a sheet of paper and write a hundred things I was grateful for. And somewhere in those hundred things, the thing that I wrote that one day was coarse black pepper. And the writing of that, it it, it was... It wasn't the coarse black pepper. It, that, that had nothing to do with it. It just, in that moment, triggered this idea, oh, there's a thousand, maybe a million things in my life that are just as significant as that little thing. The word that an individual spoke to me in a hotel lobby in 2007 after was the first time I ever spoke in front of a crowd. I remember what he told me. I'll never forget it. Phone call from a dear, dear friend of mine, a mentor. He's now 80 years old. 
a little thing he said in a voicemail. Never forgot it. My sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Collins. The little space she gave me after class to do some stuff and entertain a little bit. That wasn't it. It was actually the words that she gave me after the fact. All of these random things. The first oyster I ever had. I just I just learned about oysters. How am I late to the ball on this deal? But I remember where I was when that happened. That unlocked a whole new realm of things that go on in the ocean. What goes on in the oyster. You see what I'm saying here? This This... The, the smaller we can go into the places of our lives of gratitude, I promise you, the bigger stuff, it, it, it begins to melt, or our angst about it does, at least for me, at least for this case study that, that I'm, I'm living. Um, so that's number one in the Zen by 10, is find a way every single day to arrive in a grateful state. And I'll be honest, a lot of times I don't roll out of bed there. But you got to go somewhere, find 20 minutes, stare at a candle, meditate a little bit, pray a little bit, read read a little, do whatever you, go on a walk, go whatever, do whatever you need to do. Write down 10 things, write down one thing. Maybe you just write one thing every single day that you're grateful for. And from there, it powers the trajectory of your days. Next is this. Cook a meal cook something. Um, if, if someone asked me today, what are you most interested in? What, what are you most curious about? It, it begins and ends with preparing food, cooking. And, and it's the music that I've found there. So, so 25 years ago, I was the, the most interesting thing to me was music. And, it's probably in second place today behind food and cooking. Um, but it was the capacity I had. I was young, and I, had, I could play music all the time, and we could gather together, and I was, I, was, I was synthesizing all these ideas about, man, music is actually about life, and life is actually about music, because you got to go, if you want to make some music, you got to go get some love and some peace and some patience and some kindness and some goodness and some gentleness and faithfulness, and you put it all together, and, and, it, and it starts to make something with your life. This is music. With business, you got to make music, and, and you connect, and you build relationships, and drip by drip, you earn trust, and gradually, you show up in people's stories, and eventually, you find yourself in the path of their business, but it doesn't happen day one. It's this thing that comes together, and and I get all that when I'm cooking again. Like you make soup, and it's a little bit of this, and it's a little bit of that. You make these, oh, I made butter chicken a few weeks ago. What on earth? First off, I've had it like once or twice in my entire life. Beautiful Indian dish. Um, blew my mind that cashews are in the middle of it. Never would have thought there's cashews, but but there are. They may even be the little the little. It's it's like butter chicken, but I'm telling you, the cashews are coming through there. Uh, and ginger, lots of butter. Um, that was a tangent. Pardon me, but all all that to say, when I cook, there's this exhale. 
like it's at the end of the day you're just and i and i reflect on like who who grew this chicken <laughs> who grew that lime and 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 put it in the bag and somehow it made it into this drink like who who did that thank you thank you for that um you i i feel a i feel an earthly connection to everyone when i cook there it is thinking how do, how do you get to zen by cooking that that's how like we are we are one the random spices that show up where did those come from who did that the guy that roasted this coffee what wait a minute where did the coffee beans start and then how did it move across the ocean then it got to this guy's place in the woods where he does what he does and then he sends it to me man i'm thankful for people the zen state you get there through cooking and YouTube, my goodness. Anything you thought you couldn't cook, you can at YouTube. That that may be a podcast one day. We'll talk about that another time. Here's another one. Now, I don't realize this in real time, but I realized this one after the fact. If I found myself singing, whistling, or humming during the day, I'm pretty much in a neutral state, and Zen is available. And when I say neutral... Basically, I'm meaning everything isn't a problem. You know, a lot of those days, sometimes it feels like they're 50% of my days, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, it's a problem, 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 fighting fires. That didn't go as planned. That's not meeting my expectations. They frustrate me. That's unfortunate. I'm annoyed. If I'm singing, whistling, or humming, I'm not thinking those thoughts. I don't know why, uh, but... Fire away on that one. If you're not a singer, that's all right. Just whistle. Just whistle. Whistle while you work. Hum a little bit. When you're walking from the car, from your office to the car, from your car to the office, hum a little ditty. Something tells me that uh, we're just a little more available to what reality is trying to do for and with us when we're singing, whistling, or humming. Check. How many have we done here? One, two, uh, three. Here we go. Four. Number four, when you see something, say something. I think we all see beautiful things throughout the day, all the time. And, and, and I even think, giving us ourselves the benefit of the doubt, we, we, actually, we actually consciously take note of them. Um, humans notice beauty. But there's another step that we can take, and it's it's uh, you, you know, whenever someone makes a basket in the NBA, and but the the ball came from someone else, and they point and they they we call that an assist, and they they point and it's this it's this thank you I saw that appreciate that thanks for thanks for making it easy for me to make a bucket that's that's what the point means so. For those of y'all that haven't ever watched basketball, that's what that means. Um, it's a it's etiquette. It's um it's an interesting. Uh, it's 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 a little thank you. When you see something beautiful, say something. If somebody was responsible for it, tell them. Send a text. Write a handwritten note. Shoot them an email. Drop them a phone call. Send them a voice text. It's so easy to do this. Um, and 
the world really opens up. Like I, I, I have found that, um, was that a podcast a couple weeks ago? We talked about like enchanted eyes, see the enchanted world. I feel like that was said here before. Um, that this is, this is a muscle that gets developed and, uh, and, and you start seeing it in very interesting, strange, beautifully weird places. But I can't recommend enough when you see something, say something. And here's 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 the two-way gift on that deal. When somebody receives that message from you, so maybe it's this. Um, hey, I noticed how you communicated with that individual, uh, and it was a little dicey there, but I learned something from you. Thank you for showing me that. Thank you for showing me the way. Thank Thank you for showing me possibility in the midst of that challenging thing. When you speak that to somebody, you unlock a little zen in their life. Because a lot of times they're like, huh? Me? What? What was that? I was just, I don't even know what that was. You actually allow them to see something enchanted that happened that maybe they weren't aware of. That's a gift. Zen by 10. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Next one is this. <laughs> this one's weird, but I've said it before. Smile while you're driving. Turn the podcast off. Crack the window a little bit, a little fresh air. Um, and just kind of smile. Just a little smirk, a little Buddha smile, if you will. Um, if you watch people at a stoplight, we're all talking to ourselves. It's funny. Just turn around. Watching your rearview mirror. Promise you, the guy behind you, girl behind you, she's probably saying something. And it's this, it's this self-talk, right? And I'm sure I do it myself too. But it's being caught in the past or being being caught in the future. Um, I have found just a little. I'm a little more relaxed in the day. I'm a little more zen. When the music's off, the podcast is not playing, and I'm just kind of smiling when I'm driving. That one may not fit everybody. I realize that. <laughs> but uh, try it on for size. See what happens. One, two, three, four, five. Here we go. Number six, poetry. If, you, uh, if you've never read poetry, and immediately you're, you, you kind of go to this uh, eye roll of Shakespearean like, hey, that's not for me. Um, I, I don't, I don't do all that stuff. Okay, that's all right. Um, but I would say that uh, you've got people like Mary Oliver, you got people like Jim Harrison, you got people like uh, uh, who else could I say here? Chris Dombrowski. Yeah, Dombrowski belongs in there. I'm looking at my uh, books right now. Mark Nepo. There you go. Um, who else? Yeah, those will do. I mean, you can start there. Um, poetry, it, it's like turning a prism. Like if light is this piece of crystal that we all hold, as uh, life is this prism that we all hold, as the light hits the prism, the colors change, and there's it's still the same prism, but there's there's new things happening there. Poetry allows us to turn the prism. 
it allows the light to hit it from a different way. And uh, my senses are that anyone that takes some patience with them into poetry, they will be better for it. They will be better for it. Um, Mary Oliver has changed my life. Uh, without her, um, I would say borderline, I'm not going to give give it 50%, but 49% of the Zen I've experienced in my last five years directly connected to her. Thank you, Mary. Rest in peace. You, my dear friend, are pure magic. Uh, number seven, just take a walk. Take a walk. Get out in nature. Um, walk around the block. Walk around your office. Um, just take a walk. Um, I think I read a book once called What the Dog Saw, and it was all about this lady that took a walk with her dog for a while. That was a great book, by the way. Um Something happens. And, and like, yeah, podcast is all right. Music is all right. Uh, but there's something about just taking in, taking in hearing the wind through the trees. So then the birds sing her song. The Cardinals are back, by the way. The Cardinals each morning. Man, those dudes just on fire ablaze, singing something I need to hear. Um, take a walk. Take a walk. Number eight. Read the mystical text, but make sure you're reading with mystical eyes. Read the mystical text, but make sure you're reading with mystical eyes. Here, here's the thing. Um, I come from a tradition that one of, the, uh, one of the marching orders is to daily be in the text. And I can't say I disagree. However... Um, one of the Western, uh, ego-driven, uh, power-minded, controlling things that can happen from emerging from the text is, um, it can become a weapon instead of a gift. It can cause some damage. It can be shared at times when, quite honestly, it just isn't. It's not the right thing that that person needs to hear at the moment. Now, if you go into the text looking for ways to better control yourself and others, uh, guess what you're going to find? Ways to better control yourself and others. But if you move into the text and you say, this, this right here is mysterious and mystical. This right here has layers. It's got a it's it's got a surface layer, but man, under the surface. I mean, if we if 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 we take this thing to the right place, under the surface, this this could really shift things. This could really change my doing and having, and it and it and it may actually more than anything affect my being. This changes how I show up in the world. This actually this is actually inviting me to listen more than I should ever share and give my opinion on subject matter. This is speaking to the mystery. This is speaking directly to me. It may not necessarily be for those around me. You following me on that? Pardon for that, Diddy. 
But I think if we don't move, one of the greatest next steps that we all need to take in whatever your religious thread is, and, there, and, and guys, it's threads. We're talking threads here. The threads, we're all weaving a tapestry, and together, together we will make a blanket that can provide warmth and comfort for the world. Uh, but however you navigate your thread of that tapestry, um, tapestry, tapestry, <laughs> however you do that, um, move into it with mystical eyes because the mystical texts need mystical eyes. If we bring our spreadsheets, uh, our spell check, uh, our righteous ways, and, and our controlling manner, and we've got it all figured out, and all this is going to do is help me notch up how much I've got figured it out, we're sunk day one. But if we can move in to those texts with mysteries, with mysterious eyes, I think interesting things will happen. And from there... Zen will overflow. Amen. Number nine in the Zen by ten. When things get asymmetrical, try to find where the light is coming in or try to find where the light is shining from. I'll say that one again. When things get asymmetrical, when the moment cracks, that's what I'm saying, guys. Pardon the Enneagram 4 language. When the moment cracks, when frustration sets in, when challenge arrives, when, uh, when there's a little us versus them feeling moment in, in wherever that is, life, love, family, business, church, um, try to find where the light is coming in. Or try to find where the light is shining from. Some, sometimes we're, we're looking like, hey, where's the light coming in here? I need some help. Sometimes the light is shining from within it. No instructions on that. But I promise you, Zen will overflow. You're going you're gonna uh, you're, you're to have a much more calm way of being peaceful posture, deep peace, wide joy. It'll be there. And then the last one, Zen by 10. You ready for this? Just do less. Just do less. I have found that um, one of my great boasts in, uh, for sure in my 20s, sure it went into the 30s as well, was my full calendar. I mean, that was like the first thing I shared. It was is what I told everybody at the office. Listen to where I'm going today. At 8, I'm here. 9, I'm there. 10, 15 there. 11, 45 there. 1 there. 3, 4, 5, 6. It was, it was a great boast. And listen, had to do it. Actually wouldn't trade it. Part of life. Um, but I've actually found... And, I, and I'm speaking from the lens of business right now, but like, what is essential? Greg McCann's um, essentialism was so helpful in this that everything doesn't matter equally. And a life of less but better may be your front door to Zen. So there's a few th- there's a few boxes that need to get checked today. Uh, the first one is you. 
Like, you got to get the box of you checked. And this isn't like a needy conversation. Like, what do you need? This is like a human thing. Like, you need rest. You need some purpose. You you need some meaning. Um, you need to take care of your body. You need some nourishment. Uh, you need connection with people. You need some love. Maybe you need to be with a bunch of people. Maybe you don't need to be with anyone. Um, but, but that box needs to get checked. Um, family. I mean, I basically have about three boxes that I'm checking these days. It's like, are my kids okay? Is my wife supported? Am I doing the things in my business that I need to do in order for it to be sustainable and predictable and profitable? And uh, am, I, am I taking care of myself? Outside of that, with children that are 11 and 13, you, you, there's, not much, there's not much more to fit in there. Um, and so I give myself some time blocks, some space, some Selah, some breathing room. Go work out. Take a walk around the block. Take a nap. Um, do less. And I know the first thing a lot of people argue back with is, you don't understand my life. You don't understand my life. Uh, listen, you're right, I don't. And we've all got different things handed our way. But ask yourself, is this essential? Or is it a story you're telling yourself? These thought conceptions that we have, they... They imprison us. They whisper lies. They convince us of illusion and make us feel like it's real. Reality, capital R. The real, capital R. Is always for you. And love and deep peace and wide joy is always available. I hope you've enjoyed these 10, Zen by 10. 10 by Zen, Zen by 10, I don't know what it needs to be. Um, Begins with a grateful state. Cook a meal. Sing, whistle, or hum. Say something when you see something. Smile when you drive. Read a poem. Take a walk. Get in nature. Embrace the mystical text with mystical eyes. When things get asymmetrical, find where the light is trying to come in or find where the light is shining from within. And do less. If I had to put a bow on this, um, another author, super, super uh, um, um, pivotal in my understanding of this, uh, was um, Alan Watts. And he said, Zen does not confuse spirituality with thinking about God while one is peeling potatoes. Zen spirituality is just to peel the potatoes. Another Zen master said it this way, Before enlightenment, we carry water and we chop wood. After enlightenment, we carry water and we chop wood. 
So don't think that this is something that radically changes all of the big blocks of form in your life. No, like the job's still there. The family's still there. Zen, Zen doesn't remove life. What Zen does is it, it's an intuition. It's an intentionality. It, there's a different you now that's experiencing it. One that has deep peace, wide joy, and real rest. Thomas Merton said, Zen is the very awareness of the dynamism of life living itself in us and aware of itself in us as being the one life that lives in all. Right? It's kind of like that cooking thing I was talking about. Like when I cook a meal, man, I just, I feel connected to everybody, to everyone. I feel connected to the dirt, to the air, to the sun, to the ocean, to my friends in India, to my friends around the world. Like I just, there's, there's this, there's this one, one life that holds it all together. You can feel it in those types of moments. And like Rumi said, existence has no better gift. I think I think if there's a if the joke of Zen is anything, that's it. Existence has no better gift. So I, I've just given you ten, and there's a chance that these ten little things and places and ways of being like they may not even you every single one of them may be a loss on you but existence is not lost on you find it get curious about it see what's arising within you as you navigate your days i don't know what your zen by 10 needs to be but reflect on them if you have a moment when the Satori hits, all things are one, everybody's your neighbor, no angst of yesterday, no fear of tomorrow, you're just here, you're just now, take a note and make that number one of your Zen by 10. Existence, existence has no better gift. So as you walk through your days this week, May you approach your life, your days, your moments, looking for the light. The light that's trying to get in. The light that's shining within. The light that you are. The light that your neighbor is. The light, the light that existence is. And may you find yourself in deep peace, wide joy, and real rest. Namaste. Till next time.